When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. Oh, yes. My name is Chris Lampert. My name is Travis Bean, and I, I should correct myself. This is also a lyrical analysis of Donda West. Oh, yeah. Today because it is. Today, yeah, today. Because we have uh, one of the most heartwarming slash, in hindsight, heartbreaking Kanye songs there is. Yep, one of the most beloved Kanye songs. And, you know, this song just got knocked out of the best Kanye West Sound Tournament Deathmatch Extreme 2020. And I'm surprised there wasn't a riot. I know. When it was going up head-to-head with flashing lights, there was a big push from people being like, we can't let Hey Mama lose. We can't let Hey Mama lose. And it ended up tying with flashing lights and both moving on to the next round. And then in the next round, you had the triple threat of street lights, flashing lights, and hey mama, and flashing lights just dominated. <laughs> like it essentially doubled what street lights and hey mama both got. I, I have to say that hey mama, flashing lights, street lights, that's kind of a a one, two, three punch. <laughs> like of looking at uh thinking about Kanye's discography and how like it's this giant it's all about you could think of this whole discography as a relationship with fame and like and finding something to fulfill that place he thought fame would fill so thinking of it going from like his mom to flashing lights which is about like you know the paparazzi and the you know fame being this sort of like monster that's like draining the life out of you and then street lights which is just a sad sound where he's completely alone like ugh, did we plan that <laughs> no but there are always these really nice resonances in the best Kanye West song tournament deathmatch extreme where you just see these songs going head to head and you're like I haven't thought about how like thematically perfect or perfect juxtaposition these two are like the trio that you just mentioned like even that how you said it ends with Kanye alone on streetlights but you think about how it goes from his mom to just the random girl dancing in the mirror on flashing lights, right? Yeah. Like that's the shift in his life between late registration and graduation right. where before he's still like kind of one foot in Chicago, one foot in the life that he had known and connecting with his mom to just like blowing all of that away and yeah. going into celebrity superstardom. Ah. But we're going to start all the way back at Hey Mama before we get into that mess. In fact, we're going to go an even further step back to mm. skit number three. This was founded 
years ago by broke slaves years ago who did not have years ago by broke brothers in the 20 years ago who did not have when we could not eat. Hmm. Remember that? Eating all of our cereal with forks because we want to save the milk. Do you remember that? Hmm. Do you remember all those Christmases when your mama walk in the room and pretend she was the tree? Huh? Remember that? Uh, that's my favorite one. <laughs> Wait, is it? Uh, they're all the same to me. I, I think of it as skit one through four. Yeah, I wish that there was like a a super cut. <laughs> well, hey, what are our listeners waiting for? Someone get on it. <laughs> I think skit four is my favorite. Yeah, skit four is probably the best. Yeah, but I think skit three kind of, in terms of what these skits had been doing so far, skit three, I feel like kind of starts to take things to the next level or more of the thematic depth starts to come through about what these kind of represents because you see skit one and it's just the the founding of this fraternity and kind of the humor of like we don't have no money we're sharing jeans like we don't own no cars and just this idea that you have some like broke guys starting a fraternity and indulging and being broke and then skit two is kind of just the same reinforcement of that mentality but skit three you really start to set up more of a i mean setting up like a, a cinematic universe is way too grandiose no of, that's right of a statement but you start to get more of the world building oh where yeah it's it's not just the founding that we thought in skit one it's actually goes further back from that like this was founded years ago by broke slaves who did not have. So that was actually the start of this fraternity. It's just being made into something uh, more organized in skit one. Yeah. So you could almost think of it as like the fraternity was formed recently, but the, the fraternity itself was founded on these ideals that they cherished from these broke slave years ago. And this is where like, I think, the the symbolism in quotes with like all of these skits like really starts to shine through in the sense that Connie's just being like really explicit and like kind of just stating what this is where it, it seems like it's a joke in the beginning that they're like proud to be broke and that they give up their car to their woman and you know all the stuff that seem but here it seems like very serious and Uh, like no like we were founded on these ideals from these broke slaves like we want to embody these broke slaves and that is completely overt and like you know over the top but it it also really keeps in line with a lot of the stuff connie's been saying for the last few years and how he's talked about mental slavery i mean he's talked about it his entire career from starting from all falls down but he's He's been much more explicit lately, uh, you know, when he went to TMZ and, and talked about slavery and and he talked about it on St. Pablo. Like he, he's kind of coming outright and saying it now. And I think this skit is kind of in that vein. Yeah, very much so, because it does feel like a continuation of All Falls Down. I do feel like a lot of the subtext of late registration is inspired by All Falls Down and this idea of okay i'm coming from this place that shaped me and shaped how i think but at the same time 
I now have new opportunities and new like responsibilities and what mindset am I taking forward? Is it my past that I am going to continue to like embody or is there a future where I escape not only what I grew up around, but the like mental aspects of what I grew up around. And you hear those ideas or that tension expressed on songs like Heard Him Say and Touch the Sky, Gold Digger even, but Drive mm-hmm. Slow, Addiction. Kanye starts to reflect on that it's really in, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, what was the last song? We Major <laughs> mm-hmm. as well. And there's just a lot of tension with living up to or being influenced by where you grew up and how you grew up. And that's similar things to what he was talking about on We Don't Care and All Falls Down. So, yeah, there's a lot now that really starts to be shaped by Skit 3 having these lines. And as you said, connects to present day Kanye and him really going against this mentality of mental slavery and being part of a simulation and being part of these power dynamics or power structure that keeps you stuck. And even back to like monolithic thought, right? Mm -hmm. He is railed against this idea that you have to think what everybody else thinks. And when we get to skit four, you're really seeing that monolithic thought come into direct tension with where Kanye's at in his life and his career. And he even says that he's trying to like stick to his roots. They're like, mm, get out of here, Kanye. <laughs> yeah. That's that's interesting way to look at it. Like skit four is the breaking point where the whole album's been this build and now he's at this moment where the book fried broke is asking him, like, you're either a part of this or you aren't. And Kanye decides he isn't and fittingly gone. It's the next song where he, <laughs> you know, kind of rejects fame, doesn't reject fame, but rejects like what fame is supposed to be and like how he has to fit into this mold and all that. But uh, everything up t- till that point is, is all build. And um, as you've alluded to, like there's a structure to the album where the first three songs are kind of this broad pulled back look where you, you, you kind of look at the world, look at celebrity look at the situation you're in, like the oppressive situation a lot of people are in and then the second part of the album is kind of kind of rising through the ranks of celebrity and seeing the ugliness of celebrity and what it the, the directions it could point him and send him towards um and that's why he thinks a lot about his past and thinking about like all the people that shaped him and the people that are his foundation or his rock and he's really trying moments as he's he's growing up and here in the third section of the album, we have the final step, which is where you look forward, which I know Hey Mama is him recounting a lot of memories, but I also think it's him realizing how she shaped him and how she made him into the kind of guy he needs to be if he's going to get through all of this hardship that he's going through. And that's the spot we're at. We have that, Hey Mama, and then we have Celebration, which is him thinking, literally thinking about having a kid and the kind of dad he'll be and the kind of life he'll lead in this next step. Yeah, which makes all of these decision points, which is a really a big motif on this album. Like you think back to Drive Slow, well, even going back to Gold Digger, right? 
where it's like, is he going to get involved with this woman despite the warnings mm-hmm. from his friends that are like, yo, she's after like your money. Like she's done this before. And drive he's like, slow. I don't care. I love her. Right. And then drive slow gets at that tension again. Like, are you going to drive slow and be cautious with these women and with fame and all these pitfalls you may encounter? Or are you driving slow because you're trying to (laughs) get involved with these women and these pitfalls? Like, there's a way of going about it that is more fun, but also more dangerous. And there's a way of going about it that's safer, but also less, like, indulgence. And Kanye's going back and forth on indulgence versus responsibility, which seems to be something that in hindsight he's now <laughs> like struggled with his entire career, but really is a condemnation of fame and the opportunities that fame allow you because that's what it does allow like great uh, and tremendous indulgence. And how do you cope with that opportunity when you have all these other things and ideals and sensibilities? So, yeah. And when you just have a lot of responsibility as as a celebrity, like you have this power, like you could do so much good in the world if you don't succumb to all these other things. Yeah, which is exactly what Diamonds from Sierra Leone and We Major get into. Mm. And I think probably Hey Mala, because, you know, she's his light. (laughs) And as he keeps, (laughs) no matter where he goes in life, like she's there because she's that light he needs. Yeah. And we see that there's kind of a, a generational... Uh, developments at the start of skit three where it goes from broke slaves to broke brothers in the 20s though the s where it says broke brothers in the 20s and the lyrics on genius is added in when you listen to it it just says by broke brothers in the 20 which i don't know if there's some kind of other meaning that nobody's picked up on and 20s a reference to something or if it's just he didn't say the s <laughs> mm-hmm. and it is supposed to be the 1920s and you're just seeing these different eras of black Americans and how they were living, whether as blokes broke slaves or broke brothers in the twenties and now present day, which is something that Kanye has highlighted a lot on this album. Uh, and we get the little vignettes or memories that we then have, like when we could not eat eating all of our cereal with forks because we wanted to save the milk, which is just some like, broke like very broke uh events and then do you remember all those christmases when your mama walked in the room and pretended she was the tree and this is kind of where the dovetail happens right because you do have in that moment this romantic romanticization is that how you say it romanticization (laughs) romanticization of being broke and these fond memories because even if you're broke you can still have like fond memories you can still like respect the love and support of the people around you and the effort that they put in, right? It's not all awful, which is one of the nice things about this fondness. But then at the same time, Kanye getting into monolithic thought and getting into this idea of like being stuck or mentally enslaved and thinking that you have to live a certain way or that this is the only way you can live and that there aren't any other options. I feel like this kind of romanticization plays into that notion that you don't change, and this is just how it is. 
but yeah. you also have the dovetail of like bringing the mom in and part of the what makes these memories of being broke not just tolerable or bearable but actually sweet is your mom right yeah that's really interesting that like it almost seems like a breaking off point that these guys are remembering these times when they were broke but like their mom was there and like yeah maybe she's making it better but you're right like it's just the fact that like she's there and she's part of your life that you can even recall any of these memories of fondness that must be the point where Kanye separates because when he thinks about his mom he thinks about how she did teach him to not have this broken mentality you know like don't be part of the mold like believe in yourself believe you're a genius believe you can do anything and then go do it so fittingly we get hey mama beautiful beautiful Mm. Uh, so hey mama has a sample from donald leach leach lease lease okay I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe we should start a movement and get him called Donald Leash from now on. <laughs> My apologies to <laughs> Donald, his family, the whole his fans. family, <laughs> the whole Lee's family. Uh, um, and it's called Today Won't Come Again. Come on, people, let the show begin. Get down in it, try and find a friend because time keeps moving. Which we often talk about, as I'm sure you, dear listener, are well aware <laughs> of how the samples tend to be uh thematically relevant to the song to the album and i'm sure hearing the title today won't come again you're already thinking back to heard them say heard them say heard him say <laughs> leech and them uh heard him say <laughs> and the idea that nothing's ever promised tomorrow today and we do talk about how on this album there's such a motif of time and past present future and the relationship between those and the hmm. fact that time is passing and things are changing and just having this song today won't come again on um, one of the most pivotal songs of the album just feels thematically like hefty yeah totally. uh, especially when you get into the lyrics right like yeah listen everybody to what i'm saying we gotta change the way we live <laughs> like <laughs> this is coming immediately after broke five broke like <laughs> Better get together, try and figure out whether you're going to give, whether you're giving all you can give. The world's going dry. Everybody's getting high, grabbing all they can find. You can stand by, raise it to the sky or look to the rainbow's hand. Come on, people. Let the show begin. Get down anywhere. Try and find a friend because time keeps moving and today won't come again. And then you have the the famous la la la's that make up Hey Mama. But really fitting about we got to change the way we live and this idea of finding a friend which starts to become a big part of the song is that it's a dark and kind of ugly world but you can change and you can find somebody that supports you and it's 
through this togetherness that you're going to be able to make change and do your best. Yeah. And in retrospect, when you think about how important this song is, considering, you know, Donda, she died and left this void for Kanye because while he was struggling through fame and what fame meant, he lost his rock. He lost the person. He lost that light in his life that was always guiding him. And after that, he really was lost. And he really did have to figure out everything on his own. So looking back in the song to note that Hey Mama is infused with this energy, with this, this absolute loving song of this need for somebody like this in your life, like the song just gains more heft, more importance, more meaning than you could have ever even imagined. Mm, absolutely. And it's one of those songs that like really stands on its own by yeah. itself. But then as you're saying in the context of not just the sample, but this part of the album, the album on a whole, this song is so important and so crucial to just the narrative arc and the catharsis and the emotional journey. But also it's such an emotional like peak, right? Like the album could have ended with, Hey mate, uh, Hey, we major, <laughs> not Hey major, but it also could, <laughs> could end here. And you'd be like, what a satisfying album and having this emotional peak. That's just like pure joy also sets up the, complicatedness of gone at the end as well so hey mama's doing so much work uh both by, by itself and in relation to the songs that came before it and the two songs that come after it. it's uh it's so good yeah and it's different from like drive slow and roses which are more i mean drive slow is recounting memories and like these lessons you learned a long time ago and roses is like a freeze frame, like a moment in time of Kanye when he escaped from the tour to visit his family. Like those are just part of like who he was and like almost kind of flashing by moments. But Hey Mama it is again, once you think about like the sample being used, like it, it's something that's always with Kanye. It's not just him looking back on something necessarily. It's him looking at himself and thinking like, these are the reasons this is the way I, I am, how I, why I am the way I am. Like, this is the person who taught me to be, and I have to live up to that. Yeah. And to that end, we have an article from March 2nd, 2016, and it's inquisitor.com, which, you know, I'm usually the first to call out using these websites as a foundation for anything, but it's actually about an interview that Kanye's stepfather willie scott did and willie scott's dated donda i don't know if she was married to donda it says stepfather but was she ever remarried hmm. and they were together for four years and he gave an interview where he talked about his relationship with donda and how <laughs> the role kanye played in that relationship he says uh, in the article, it says Kanye's stepfather has admitted that he has always had a sense of entitlement and his behavior often caused problems that spilled over into his mother's romantic relationships. He also admitted that Kanye was never disrespectful, but quite territorial when it came to his mother, having other males in her life. Although they sought counseling in an effort to combat his behavior, Donda West refused to implement different strategies to deal with Kanye's disciplinary issues. 
Kane didn't want me with his mother or any man for that matter, Scott said. He was wrapped up into his mother. We went to a counselor to see if we could get him on the right path, but Donda wasn't interested. She wanted me on the right path. And that is what the dilemma was. Uh, since Kanye reportedly did not face many consequences for being uncooperative with his stepfather, the relationship was relatively distant because Scott was often left to be the disciplinarian, which didn't always sit well with Kanye. His stepfather recalled one time in particular where he made his boundaries clear, citing what he would do and would not do when asked. Instead of cleaning his room or doing chores when asked, he spent most of his time in his room working on music. In fact, Kanye West's defiance became so unbearable at one point, his stepfather told him his friends were banned from the house until he learned how to follow orders, but to no avail. Although Kanye's flaws were apparent, his stepfather claims his mother often made excuses for his actions. Mm -hmm. He was about 14. He was a beautiful kid, but he was aggressive and he was self-assured. He told me in front of his mother that he didn't want to have to do anything he didn't have to. So that left the discipline on me, basically, and he wasn't cooperative. He had to take the responsibility for living here, and he really wasn't willing to do that. She would make excuses for him. She would describe her son as a genius. Uh, we talked about the fact that she did a discipline him. We went to a counselor to try to get things smoothed out, but her mind was on him being a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, I asked that he and Donda move out. <laughs> he had to take the responsibility for living here, and he wasn't willing to do that. So That all sounds accurate. Yeah, that sounds, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Not in the sense that, like, oh, of course, Gandhi was a brat, but, like, his mom, yeah, she pushed him to be who he was and to not settle i mean obviously there's responsibility to any situation like that but i mean you could see how that shaped kanye mentally like you could see those patterns in him today yeah very much and just the fact that his mom was giving him the space even early on to do the creative work that he wanted to do and that he had his mission he had his focus she was supporting him and it's not that this guy was a bad guy for trying to get Kanye right. to like clean, right? Or be no, part yeah, of sense. the household. Yeah, but you can just see very much that it was Kanye and his mom. And even like back then, like these are the expectations of what you should do. And Kanye being like, yeah, I see your expectations, but like I'm going to do this. <laughs> like, I mean, like not to maybe this is uh being a bit hyperbolic but like this guy is basically broke by broke and his mom is his mom on hey mama and it, she is the reason like he is always was always able to push forward and always believe in himself and remember the way she raised him because she she raised him to never deny his abilities and deny that he could do more so when you lose that person in your life like you lose that and you have to find that within yourself like holy shit that must be impossible yeah, definitely a mountain to climb, right? Yeah. Mm. Well, so, hey, mama. Yeah. I know I act the 
fool But I promise you I'm going back to school I appreciate what you allow for me And I just want you to be proud of me I want to tell the whole world about a friend of mine This little light of mine I'm finna let it shine We start with uh, the words, hey mama Makes sense And fun fact, this song was actually written like years before it debuted so he debuted it on oprah which was awesome and like when he says like mama i just want to dance with you he actually like picks her up out of the crowd and they start dancing like oh man um but it was written like in 2000 kanye was it like anybody at that point and from the earliest versions i could find the lyrics weren't really that different So it's just kind of funny that Kanye already like, I mean, by 2000, I think he'd started to have some placements and things, but we're still four years from the college dropout and five years from the success that it have on this album. And I kind of think that's what makes the song hit so hard and like why so many people connect with it, because there is a bit of a, uh, it's so it's such a simple song like Kanye became so extravagant like think about we major the song that came before this like that song is full of horns like it's a seven minute 30 seven minute and 30 second epic like it goes so many different places it has an outro where he's just talking to a crowd <laughs> like it is so much and hey mama is just kind of straightforward it does feel like a song he would have written years before he became famous and had all these resources at his at his disposal and even though the production is definitely a bit more blown up than it would have been back then like it's not overstated it's not distracting or indulgent or anything it's just like kind of this sweet instrumentation going on throughout and like a simple use of a sample that plays over and over it has that simpleness that kind of allows it to just be what it is and it's just the song written for his mom like, it has that energy he had when he wrote it so many years ago yeah at the level that like most of the rest of us are at <laughs> yeah simpletons <laughs> simpleton geniuses yeah. all of us uh so i want to scream so loud for you because i'm so proud of you which like already is heartwarming right love it <laughs> Let me tell you what I'm about to do. Hey, mama. Uh, I know I act a fool, but I promise you I'm going back to school, which never really. He got an honorary doctorate. Yeah, I think that counts as him fulfilling his promise. Do you think so? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he had to go to a school to accept it. Ah, that's true. I just imagine I'm like 2006. He just goes and like puts a foot in the grass on like a campus and is like, all right, there I did it. I was back. <laughs> I was back. Well, it's interesting I... because the last time he talks about we taking these motherfuckers back to school and like he f- he he kind of twists the idea of like what it means to go back to school. I, I feel like in some sense he got a I mean, obviously he doesn't go back to school, which like I think in this moment is that kind of simple declaration like him just saying like, I know mom wants me to go to school, so I'm going to do it for her. But I feel like it's it it's properly infused into this album in that way, because in a way he kind of did go back to school. Like he he did grow up. He went through the motions. He pushed himself to like grow. Like in a way, he went through all of the motions you would in school and learned a lot. You know, you just blew my mind. Uh. 
<laughs> I hadn't thought about, which it's such an, uh, like, in hindsight, like, they say, as he said, like, we're taking, taking him back to school. And then here he says, I'm going back to school. Like, previous song, it's the ego of saying, like, we're taking these yeah. motherfuckers back to school. Like, right? Like, we're the ones in power. We major. We're teaching everybody else what to do. But this album is so much about Kanye finding his sense of responsibility and not falling prey to indulgence, right? Like, he doesn't want to live the way that you could live on addiction. He wants to live up to Jay-Z's ideals. He wants to live up to Nas's ideals. He wants to be a leader, and he's trying to change. So even if at the end of We Major, he's the one saying, like, we're taking all these motherfuckers back to school, this album is him going back to school in terms of, like, learning right from wrong, what to do, how to behave, everything you just said. Like, he's getting an education in life, and it's going to make him a better person for it rather than just being a dropout that is indulgent and does nothing. Yeah. Cause I, cause I think the mentality of like, I'm not going to school like that could carry us this sort of uh, like you're, you're better than that. You're above that. But I don't think that's the case of Kanye. I think he's always trying to learn and grow. And that's why this album really holds together. When you think about what it's ultimately about, and you think about heard him say and all the things he wants to achieve like i think he's on the path to do that and he owes a lot of that to his mom i think everything he his mom taught him he he values way more than he would like you know going to school and being part of this mentality like that's that's really what he's getting at man that's awesome hell yeah go kanye <laughs> Uh, I appreciate what you allowed for me. I just want you to be proud of me. Yeah, so it's like he's so proud of his mom. You get that nice little circular structure to the refrain, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so proud of you, and I just want you to be proud of me. And having that relationship or having that dynamic with somebody can be very empowering, can oh, yeah. be very inspiring. And like, it's one of the, the best feelings in the world to have somebody tell you that they're proud of you. Yeah, absolutely. I want to tell the whole world about a friend of mine This little light of mine, I'm finna let it shine I'm finna take y'all back to them better times I'm finna talk about my mama if y'all don't mind I was three years old when you and I moved to the shy Late December, harsh winter gave me a cold You picked me up something that was good for my soul Famous homie chicken soup, can I have another bowl? You work late nights just to keep on the lights Mommy got the trainer wheel so I could keep on my bike And you would give me anything in this world Michael Jackson left the end uh, and then verse one, I want to tell the whole world about a friend of mine. <laughs> this little light of mine, I'm finna let it shine, which mm. this little light of mine's a, a famous gospel song, right? Yeah. T typically used to represent like God, this guiding light, this, this figure, this entity that that puts you on the right path and, you know, keep, keeps you in check. You're always doing good. Yep. And then also, you know, we are in Hanukkah season. That's uh, right. Hanukkah is all about the fact that these, the Jews only had, I'm trying to think back to my days at temple. 
uh, enough oil to last them like one night, but the oil lasted for like seven days and eight nights, something wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that the Adam Sandler movie? <laughs> yeah. Eight but, crazy nights. Yeah, eight crazy nights. So they got like all this use out of the oil and they considered it a miracle. And that's why we have Hanukkah to this day. But the candles were so important to that because I think they were waiting on reinforcements or something and they needed the candles to show where they were something but you also have that <laughs> just the candle is very important not only do you get a deep lyrical analysis of Kanye West <laughs> but you get knowledge like that they're not you right and left this is just what we do yeah my like jubap <laughs> upbringing and I think it, they lit the candles with the I don't, I don't know <laughs> Right. Well, so you want to leave a little mystery to like hook the listener to go and do a little learning on their own. Like maybe now they'll go look up Hanukkah and be like, what was going on back then? And that's what I say to people. Whatever we screw up something we we say about Kanye or we don't get to something like that's on you. Like we want you to go find it out for yourself. (laughs) Uh, See? Yeah. We're masters. Masters of the craft. Uh, so I'm going to take you all back to them better times, uh, which is interesting too. He says, take you all back to them better times as if like right now isn't good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, then he says, I'm going to talk about my mama if y'all don't mind. So I, I really love that. Like he has this little light and he's going to let it shine. So basically this light is his mom and he's going to let it shine by taking us to those better times and talking about his mama. Like he's going to take this little light and then like, and like present it and say like, look, like I'm going to show you why she's my light and all these things she taught me. So like, yeah, take me back to those better times. Like, he that's how fond his memories are with his mom like these were the years that like most important to him and shaped him actually that's a a really i mean might be reading like way too much into it but (laughs) the idea that he's saying like those were the better times right the same way that like broke five broke is like romanticizing uh like having the cereal and Mm -hmm. mom being the tree kanye at this point is famous he has money he has like a lifestyle that he had always dreamed of and that his mom had hoped for he can buy his mom a car but we know on this album how complicated things have gotten for him and the tensions that he has felt in dealing with fame and how he's struggled to really find his footing and find his balance at least leading up to this but we definitely know that there are those pitfalls still waiting for him Mm -hmm. and just the fact that despite the success that he has now he's still already saying that like those were the better times yeah and even if he wrote these lyrics like way before he was famous like these lines kind of have that timeless feel to them to where like no matter what step he's at in that process like his mom like she's the reason like he's going to be able to push forward so like yeah those are the better times yeah Oh, that also gets to a huge debate, too, of, like, do you read art in the context of, like, what you know about the creation of it or just in the context of right. its existence? So, like, he wrote this line in 2000 when, like, the times weren't that much better. 
So do you read it like that or do you read it in terms of like late registration? And and knowing Kanye and knowing the way he structures his albums, like clearly very purposely. I mean, we hope he does for the sake of this show because we, <laughs> we're saying there's a narrative and a structure in every album. But if he does, you know, and he looks at that line and thinks about it's, this song's place in the album, like it has to make sense ultimately. Yep. 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 Uh, so then we get the first kind of vignettes of many that we'll have on the song. Uh, I was three years old when you and I moved to the shy. Yeah. Kanye was born in Atlanta and his parents mm -hmm. got a divorce just a couple years later. And that's what took him off to Chicago. Though Kanye had recently, uh, been critical of the move saying that, uh, Chicago state, which hired Donda was responsible for like breaking up his family. Oh, because wow. it took her from Atlanta to Chicago and away from his dad, who he barely then got to see, which I don't know if it's just like kind of a later in life regret as Kanye has only recently become more close to his father. At the end of the Follow God video, he talked about how it took him 41 years to realize his father was his best friend. Mm -hmm. And I do know that Kanye spent summers in Atlanta or in D.C. with his dad but it was kind of a little shocking to hear Kanye be critical of Donda's job opportunity, right? Yeah, I think in general, Kanye has a very complicated relationship with Chicago to where I do think he thinks of it like as his home. And whenever he, he comes here, like I saw him at the Sunday service and I saw the the Jesus is King listening party, like he, he clearly like vibes of Chicago and gets a special energy here. But you gotta you gotta think there's some complications there if at this point in his life, you know, when he does look back at his his dad and like wishing he had a better relationship, he probably has I don't know, that's just I guess that fucks with you. Yeah, seems to be the case. Hmm. Uh so late December, harsh winter gave me a cold. Yeah, maybe that's why confirmed with Yeah. It's December right Chicago's. now. It's cold as shit here. <laughs> yeah. You fixed me up something that was good for my soul. Famous homemade chicken soup. Can I have another bowl? Which uh, I always like to point out the chicken soup for the soul books. Did you ever read those? <laughs> yeah, I did. Why? <laughs> my mom. That's such a strange memory you just made me recall. Like I remember in my mom's bedroom, there was this bookshelf and like there were a lot of books, but like. 10 of the books were chicken soup for the souls, which if you're young enough and you just don't know what chicken soup for the soul is, I God, I don't even know if I remember. It's like a bunch of stories, right? Yeah. It was like, I don't know if they were real stories. Like I'm putting real in quotes uh -huh. <laughs> uh, that were just like fictional, but like close enough to reality that people believe them or if they were legitimately like real stories or just fiction, but they were supposed to be like uplifting like tales. Yeah. And like, there were a bunch of different ones. Like I'm looking here, chicken soup for the teenage soul, chicken soup yeah. for grandmothers. Like uh, it's just like, uh, it's so ridiculous, but they were just like, there were probably hundreds of these books and my mom had like a bunch of them on shelves. And I remember reading them. <laughs> I feel like they were like Facebook posts before like Facebook existed. Uh, like, just kind of like the weird like memes that parents and grandparents post on Facebook. Right. We were like, you enjoy this? You find this funny? Yeah. But 
they were they were heartwarming stories. Yeah, now they're more efficient. You could just post a meme on Facebook and you're good. Yeah, you don't have to buy a whole book and <laughs> or write a whole book. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, so Kanye kind of like making some uh, nods to that book series, which was uh, popular back then. Yeah. Um, and just the healing power of chicken soup, you know? Absolutely. I, you're making me think I need a bowl right now. <laughs> El Kanye wanted another bowl. <laughs> uh, you work, and I don't know if you want to like extrapolate that to this idea of like, oh, good for my soul. Like Kanye, his mother had all these records and, you know, he's known for chopping up soul samples and he has a... Uh, the lease soul sample here like could it be a little bit more metaphorical sure sure we'll no, take that but sure yeah uh you work late nights just to keep on the lights mommy got me training wheels so i could keep on my bike which i do think that that's metaphorical right <laughs> like <she laughs> no i think just... he's just describing a memory <laughs> she was uh instrumental in allowing Kanye to have the room to do what he wanted to do. Just like we were talking about how she kind of protected him and his creative uh, time to not have to do chores or anything around Mm -hmm. the house. She was also just ensuring that he had equipment that he needed, that he was in art classes, that he was like having opportunities to thrive. Yeah. Love it. And you would give me anything in this world Michael Jackson leather and a glove, but did it give me a curl? (laughs) So that's Uh, a lie. She wouldn't give you anything in the world. Yeah, right. But was she looking out for him? Because the curls, like the perm, right? Because Michael Jackson had the the perm. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, no, Kanye. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. That that doesn't count for not giving him anything because you got to draw the line somewhere. You got to protect your kid. Right. And, you know, they might want a curl when they're 10 years old and you just got to be like, got to wait until you're 11. And you know what? If Kanye really wanted a curl, he would gotten it when he moved out of his mom's house and he didn't. So I don't think he wanted it that bad. So Donda was right. That would be a sign of a Kanye midlife crisis. (laughs) God, I hope it happens. He just appears like two weeks from now and he has a a curl like Michael Jackson, full Michael Jackson haircut. He's grown his hair out. Yeah, and then everyone makes fun of it, so he decides to go blonde, and it gets worse. I can't wait. And you never put no man over me, and I love you that for that, mommy. Can't you see? Which just yeah, I'm love sure it. that's a a problem a lot of kids have dealt with over the years too. Just a parent in a new relationship, uh, putting that new relationship over their kid. Mm-hmm. Seven years old caught you with tears in your eyes because a guy cheating, telling you lies. Then I started to cry. Oh God, this scene always gets me. It's so visual, right? 
Like you can see the tears in her eyes. And then like Kanye starting to cry as we knelt on the kitchen floor. I said, mommy, I'm gonna love you till you don't hurt no more. Like she was there for him. He was there for her. You're really seeing the way in which they not only like cared about each other, but cared for each other. Yeah. It, it's interesting thinking back in the verse now though, like the the verse starts of him talking to a crowd, basically, which is like kind of how the song was done. If you think about like Oprah, like that's how you I always think of this song is Kanye standing on like a TED Talk stage <laughs> and he's gonna talk about his mom. But then we shift into like these memories, and then this very specific memory that takes up half the verse. That's just uh it's just such an interesting way of, of doing a verse. Yeah. It's not the first time that he's done it on this album, right? Like, yeah, I feel like we there another. Yeah, but we did not look it up and be ready for this. But yeah, I do remember that happening. <laughs> and at the end of like Touch the Sky, it feels like he's talking to a crowd. And then Graduation, he does it like a couple times as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's probably a pretty common Kanye technique. It's just. Um... It's just, it's just interesting to think about it here because just because he does, he goes from like these kind of blips of memories and like things like she did for him to something extremely specific and wrought with emotion. It, it kind of just, it grabs you by surprise, I think. Yeah. I, I've always loved how this verse just flows. Yeah. And where it takes you to that. Cause it's relatively like a dense verse. And it has so many little pieces and parts. And one of the things we talk about with films and some of the movies that we love the most, they do micro narratives or vignettes. And just when you stack a series of very interesting vignettes, you really can tell a great story that tend to have just these little scenes that are interesting in and of themselves. And you string them along and you have something more powerful and that's exactly what we're getting throughout this song. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and when I'm older, you ain't got to work no more. Yeah, that came true. <laughs> and I'm going to get you that mansion that we couldn't afford. See, you're unbreakable, unmistakable, highly capable lady that's making loot. A living legend, too. Just look at what heaven do. Send us an angel. And I thank you. Hey, mama. Man. Like, what glowing descriptions you're right it is such like it is a dense verse yet at the same time it's so seamless and i think that's why it's just striking me now that there's such a shift in perspective and like point of view throughout this and like who he's talking to like that all seems when i say it out loud like it seems like it should be a choppy verse but it's not at all. Like it flows so well and ends so well and all of it seems to fit and coalesce. It's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I like the living legend too, because was it that never let me down? Jay talks about being a living legend. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, so did Jay take that from Kanye? No, um, I think so. But look what heaven do send us an angel I always think about only one, right? Kanye makes reference to that. And Donda's the one saying it to Kanye now about heaven sending him Kim and North. I love it. It, That's really cool because he, he thinks of, he 
throws all these adjectives and she's like she's unbreakable, unmistakable, highly capable. He's thinking about all these things that I, I feel like this is just him saying like these are the things like I need to be. I need to be this person if I'm going to go out and like make a difference in the world, including making loot. He needs to make a lot of money. Um, <laughs> but then thinking about like her as an angel, like that even after she's gone, she'll she will be this guiding light. She'll she'll be an angel to you. That's I that's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then that ends the verse. So very powerful first verse. We get the chorus again. And yeah, he's screaming very loud for her and he's very proud of her. start with verse two saying forrest gump mama said life is like a box of chocolates <laughs> which uh we're just a few years like nine years removed from forrest gump existing as a movie and that was definitely the most famous quotes of the movie and gump throughout is giving famous like mama gump isms right yeah it is do you think forrest gump is like still a popular movie do you like kids who watch movies today know forrest gump because i, I kind of think it was maybe like obviously it was big in the 90s and like i remember it being a reference point a lot in the 2000s i can't think of the last time anyone mentioned or cared about forrest gump yeah it definitely had its moment in the 90s and i think first half of the aughts but i hated the movie yeah, and I'm glad that it's dead. <laughs> I just, I genuinely wonder, like, does like an 18 year old today give any fucks about Forrest Gump? No. How many like know Forrest Gump? That's what I'm saying. Like, do the is it even uh, it, is it even a reference point at all? Like, do they even know Forrest Gump? Do they know what life of the like collector? doesn't it oh my god my mouth that they know what life is like a <laughs> box of chocolates is like do they know that quote i don't know ah, i don't know if you're listening to this and you don't know forrest gump tweet us <laughs> at kanye podcast <laughs> and if you do leave us alone <laughs> yeah we don't want to talk about it we don't want to talk to you uh so life is like a box of chocolates which the following line in the movie is you never know what you're going to get, which describes Forrest Gump's life because he ends up just doing a little bit of everything. It was kind of like, a <laughs> what's the Brad Pitt movie where he ages, ages backwards, Benjamin Button or like in Benjamin Button, Brad Pitt kind of has this like extraordinary life, not just because he's aging backwards. He just does like all kinds of things and gets to experience all sorts of different things and that's what Forrest Gump does. He's like in war. He's a small business owner. He's in love. He's lost. 
shrimp boats i don't know but it's kind of like the box of chocolates where he just tries all these different things uh but connie's mom told him to go to school and get your doctorate <laughs> life isn't like a box of chocolates choose your own chocolate yeah like just go to school get your doctorates and it's also fitting for like the fact that it's college dropout and late registration and fits in with kind of the school theme but it's a safety net right something to fall back on you could profit with so in case music doesn't work out it's like this is what you have uh but still supported me when i did the opposites that's the main point that connie's making like she gave me the usual advice that people give you and tell you but when I did the opposites and just did my own thing, like, of course, she supported me right. because she's the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of that, there's things he feels he's got to get and things I got to do just to prove to her that she was getting through to him. So even though he ignored her advice, he wants her to know that, you know, he still listened and what she said to him still mattered. Uh, yeah. And he proves it by having this choir seen a verse of you are so beautiful to me to her yeah which is this one of the most like meta moments in <laughs> kanye discography history love it i mean it's like again he, he's speaking directly to her so yeah it's pretty meta yeah and like acknowledging that there's a choir and like yeah yeah you are so beautiful to me and can't you see you're like a book of poetry so where in the first verse, we had more grounded memories of him and his mom. Now we're getting a little bit more like metaphorical, a little bit more uh, like ode to a Grecian urn. Right. <laughs> like, can't you see uh, you're like a book of poetry, my Angelou, Nikki Giovanni, turn one page and there's my mommy. Oh, man. That's the kind of line you write where you just hit, like, control S and you call it a day. You're just like, I'll come back to this tomorrow and finish it. But right there, I just fucking killed it. Yeah, I just need to bask in the fact that it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm a genius. great at this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you read my Angelou's poetry, you read Nikki Giovanni's poetry, and then turn the page and, like, there's Donda West. Just a picture of her. That's a that's a poet poem right there. <laughs> And then come on, mommy, just dance with me. And now we're like present day, right? So it's not the past, like we're kneeling on the floor, both crying. If you look at the parallel structure of these verses and Kanye uses parallel structure a decent amount where if you look at like the first third of a, the first verse, it'll have some similarities to the first third of like the second verse or the third verse, or the conclusions might have similarities. That's parallel construction. And so at the end of the first song, you have that image that's past tense. And now here he has this interaction with his mom that's present tense. And it's no longer crying. It's now dancing. Yeah, I love it. And it, it, it's so, again, you just think about the when he performed the song on Oprah. And like it, it when he says, come on, mama, just dance with me. Like you can see her with him in that moment. And you kind of, you've realized that about the song that like she is there the whole time. Like whether it's in his memory, metaphorically, or like literally there with him. And he's saying all these words to her, like she's there. She She's very much part of all this. Yep. And then this dance with his mom also recalls Nas's song, Dance 
married my wife, I had one of your skills, but mom, you could never be replaced. I give my life up just to see you one more day to have. Which was on the album God's Son that came out in 2002. And Nas was very close with his mom as well. And she had passed away right before the album released. And so he wrote this ode to his mom uh, saying, like, I dream of the day I can go back to when I was born, laying in your arms, wishing you was here today. Mom wishing to appear just for a second from heaven. My tears would be gone. I wouldn't be rapping the song. I'd be happy driving up to your eight-bedroom mansion, up late laughing about the hard times we faced. The galaxy is so enchanting beyond Galileo's understanding. And it just kind of goes on with more memories about his mom and his wishful thinking. And you get the chorus of, one more dance with you, mama. If I could only have one more dance with you, mama. Praying, wishing that I could have one more dance with you, mama. So you have what's really like prophetic mm-hmm. and very sad connection between these songs is like Kanye just had Nas on we major and is kind of setting Nas up the same way that he set Jay-Z up and never let me down and diamonds from Sierra Leone as this mentor figure, this ideal that he's trying to live up to. And Nas comes in with that same energy and talks about the responsibilities that he has being in the game as long as he has and how he could change the industry. And Kanye is not only looking to live up to Nas as a musician and a businessman, but I feel like he's very aware of God's son and has to be aware of the song Dance. And instead of making a song for his mom in the aftermath, right? He's making this song for his mom while she's still alive, while she can get her roses. And that's so beautiful. Though, okay, wait, I'm saying all that. Strike, strike it, right? Because the song was written in 2000. And, uh, oh, yeah. Dance, Dance didn't come out until 2002. Interesting. Hmm. So Kanye right. predated Striked. that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. But, Still, there is like an interesting connection between uh, Kanye having Nas on the album and then Nas having the song about his mom's passing and Kanye having the song about his mom still alive. But then just a few years later, she's passed. Yeah. And now Hey Mama has the same kind of energy that dance has. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's really like, I don't know, that the two are just bonded through this is... uh, sad yeah that's i mean you you mentioned earlier like it all everyone looks at art differently so yeah it probably not probably it doesn't make sense to necessarily connect this on with dance because he's thinking about like oh Nas lost his mom so i'm thinking about my mom this way but in retrospect like you see that energy and like the song takes on a different meaning that's that's the beauty of art yeah huh fascinating anyway so it's at least this motif of getting to dance with your mom is uh, similar between the songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
maybe Kanye played no <laughs> there's no way that they would have heard each other's songs at that point that's fascinating oh man um now when I say hey y'all say mama now everybody answer me hey mama hey mama so the same way that he was talking to the crowd at the start of the first verse like now he's talking to the crowd again at the end of the verse I guess it all depends though if my ends low second they get up you gonna get that benzo tent the windows ride around the city and let your friends know tell your job you gotta fake them out since you brought me in this world let me take you out to a restaurant up an echelon i'ma get you a jack whatever else you want just tell me what kind of s type don the west like tell me the perfect color so i make it just right it don't gotta be mother's day or your birthday for me to just call and say get the chorus again and then verse three i guess it also depends though if my ends low yeah the change in beat gives this a different like <laughs> energy right at the start i'm honestly just a little confused what it even means right out of the gate i guess it also depends though like yeah i just want you to be proud of me so is that referring to that mm -hmm. like i just want you to be proud of me but i guess you being proud of me depends though if my ends low Maybe, maybe he feels like he'll let her down if he doesn't succeed, you know, because he didn't go back to school and he did choose to pursue this path. Like if my ends up and if my ends end up getting low, then I failed you. Yeah. Hmm. And then genius does note the fact that in the next, uh, line you have second, they get you, uh, get up, you go and get that benzo uh yeah wait okay i guess it also depends though if my ends low second they get up you go and get that benzo and he's talking about a benz but benzo also is a, a downer drug right so you have this like i don't know if it's thought provoking is not the right description but <laughs> the uh play on words of being low and getting up versus getting down and the benzo and you talk about like bring me down right and like kanye is trying to rise higher and people keep trying to bring him down and now you have this lie to like they get up you go and get that benzo so when they get up you're gonna get down hmm interested hmm yeah that was a lot of unstructured word vomit but yeah and i'm currently processing all of that vomit yeah. <laughs> just spew it all over you I'm trying to and I'm, I'm trying to get it into a nice even pile see if i see anything coherent here it's on you to figure it out <laughs> you know our motto on this show well i there, at the very least like there's contrast in these lines like i guess it depends if my enzo like i do think he's getting at that that if he isn't successful at his career like he he'll feel like he let his mom down. I don't think he's I don't think know if he necessarily believes that, but he feels like he needs to do well to prove himself to his mom. And then like second, you're gonna get that Benz. Like I, but I my ends aren't low, and to prove it, I'm going to buy you a Benz. Oh yeah. So the second they, so the they in this sense is the ends. That's yes. what that refers to. So it's not like the antagonistic like other as it is on bring me down right right like they want to bring me down 
it's like no the second they get up like the second that my ends get up the second i'm successful (laughs) you get to get that benz yeah and she did and again he wrote this on a 2000 which he could not have bought her a benz back then which is the beauty of this line now like he totally can yep and probably did says in 2004, he told Rolling Stone he bought his mom a drop-top Mercedes-Benz CLK 500. Of course he fucking did. Yeah. <laughs> so, you do... Huh, interesting. You have that dichotomy because if his end's low, then there's going to be, like, benzo drugs. If you want to read it that way, uh, right? Okay. But if his ends are high, then she gets a Mercedes-Benz. I like it. And there are no drugs. Does that come back to crack music? Oh, my God. <sighs> Layers. <laughs> uh, tint the windows right around the city and let your friends know. Tell your job you got to fake them out. Since you brought me in this world, let me take you out. Which I always love this moment, too. Just the fact that you have that famous, like, I brought you into this world and I can take you out yeah. line that aggressive fathers tend to say to their children. Or comedic fathers tend to say to their children yeah what what is really depend how do you read the fake them out lot is that um him saying like you don't need to work anymore like i'm gonna support you from now on i always took it as like i'm gonna take you out to a restaurant so just like tell your job like you're sick oh yeah yeah, yeah you're or right. like call in sick kind of thing that makes sense so yeah, it's just like tell your job you got to fake him out and it's kind of a build up to the I want to take you out to a restaurant. But at first it sounds like he's going to like do harmful things. <laughs> Since you brought me into this world, let me take you out to a restaurant. <laughs> Upper echelon. Like and while it's comedic, it's the second line in this verse that has that duality to it, right? Right. Like there's that ends low line and now this let me take you out. That's kind of tongue in cheek, but hmm. And then back to cars. I'm going to get you a Jag, whatever else you want. And we've talked about how cars are a big motif on this album. Right. They come up multiple songs. We know how important it is in terms of drive slow and the idea of like, as we talked about up front, are you handling things responsibly or are you diving in? And maybe going like too fast, too furious. Ooh, n- now you have my attention. <laughs> I know my audience. My audience. Where's Tyrese? Mine. Where is Tyrese? <laughs> <laughs> the age old question. <laughs> uh, but just the fact that we come back to cars again, even though he wrote this in 2000, but we come back to cars again, it just plays into some of the, the major motifs of late registration yeah uh just tell me what kind of s type which is what like the special edition yeah i think it's a jaguar okay donda west like tell me the perfect color so i can make it just right and it don't gotta be mother's day or your birthday for me just to call and say hey mama what a sweet way to end but parallel construction travis So they go from the past tense of kneeling on the floor and crying to the present tense of dancing together to the future tense of Kanye buying a car for her. Yeah. It's the, uh, the narrative that of like where his mom took him, how she allowed him to get to this point where he could take care of her. Mm -hmm. 
Love but it. Also the whole theme of the album. Oh my god. It's like Kanye planned it. Genius. <laughs> Greatest artist of all time. His stepfather didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. <laughs> stepfather was only getting in the way. <laughs> he had to be taken out. Not to a restaurant. And I'm not just saying all of this stuff because I'm mad at my stepfather and the man my mom chose. This is just all me looking at Kanye and his situation. Oh, this is going to a place. Don't don't make me go down this road. <laughs> Travis, if you need to talk it out. Let's finish the recording first and then you and I are going to have probably a three-hour conversation. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Just put your head on my shoulder. <laughs> Well, I'll just pretend it's your shoulder. I'll probably just put my head down on the keyboard or something. Perfect. Dramatic clacking of forehead on keys. <laughs> I accidentally exit out of Skype and just talk to myself for an hour. <laughs> Works out for both of us. <laughs> yeah, it would. Uh, <laughs> so we get the chorus. I want to scream so loud for you because I'm so proud of you. And you really do get the sense of how proud he is. But... I do want to say that it's really nice that we just have this like simple as grandiose as the song gets. And we know that Kanye is at a point in his career where there is distance growing between the relationships that he's able to have with people and just his time spent doing other things. So the fact that he's saying like he's still making the time to call his mom and say, hey, mama is a really grounded way to end the song and a very universal way to end the song but also speaks a little bit to the fact that there is a distance between them that it's not like living in the same house and protecting each other like he now is an adult that's out in the world and he's not seeing her every day but he does still call to say hey yeah it's awesome because that's what he need. I mean, think about all like the the hardships and all of the, the the mental strain he's going through on every single song. Like to just have that in your life, that's that means a lot. I'm leaving a comment on the genius post because nobody's commented in six years. <laughs> really? Yeah. That is that's a war crime, to be honest. <laughs> But well, you gotta comment. you gotta go further down in the comments though. Oh I'm dumb. <laughs> Let me delete my comments. But it's I think the last here, here we go, five months ago. This song makes me fucking cry. God damn, this is beautiful. <laughs> Three years ago there's a uh, Roverts who was our oh. first uh I'm pretty sure our first like actual follower yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> Which Cool to see uh, good old Rove there. Look at him go. I know. Okay, well, I deleted my comment. <laughs> I like to think of myself as Rovert's stepdad. <laughs> oh. I like to see you have a job interview, and they're just like, Travis, how do you think of yourself? And you're like, I like to think of myself as Rovert's stepdad. And, and then like, they immediately press like a special button, and like guys come in and grab me. Yeah, yeah. Throw me in the line. I hope then. so. Just like Robert's stepdad. Mm. 
No, if you had said uncle, that's okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, hey, Mama. That, uh, that essentially does it. That's it. This is like... I, I feel like we've covered this all, a lot in this show. Remember we did like the Hey Mama Day special? Yeah, we did the Hey Mama Day special. We did just late registration 1.0. Yeah, I think the Hey Mama Day special is still up, actually. You can go find that if you want to. It was cool. We had fans talk about what the song meant to them. We did our discussion of it. Yeah, love it. And we were doing it in honor of Hey Mama's Day, which was established because Taylor Swift released her album Reputation on the uh, on the anniversary of Donna's death, and a lot of people thought that was purposeful. And even though that's kind of an ugly way to look at it, like it's kind of beautiful that that's what came out of it. That Hey Mama Day became this thing that we celebrate every year. Yeah, though I think this year it kind of fell by the wayside. Yeah, I, I think that's on us. We got to be the ones that push this. All right. Well, uh, next time we'll be talking about Celebration. Mm. And you can hear all about my changing opinion on Celebration. Which is the only reason we'll really be tuning in. We don't want to hear about the lyrics. We just want to know how Chris's relationship with this song has changed over the years. That's all I want to hear. <laughs> I, I plan on just sitting back and listening to you. That's all I want to hear. <laughs> There's actually only one thing I want to hear, though. What's that? Well, I want to hear the sound of waves. Crashing in the night? Mmm. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. I, I love when this happens, like the awkward end to a show, and you don't know really where to take it, and you're supposed to say something nice and dramatic and, and close it out properly, but, you know, sometimes it's just like this. Yeah, sometimes, uh, you know, it's not a, a big dramatic chorus line. It's just a simple, like, hey, Travis. Yeah, it's just like, what's up, Chris? <laughs> you staying wavy? Oh, yeah. I'm going to keep it loopy, too. That's good to hear. <laughs> That's good to hear. Well, then, it's all I needed to know. I tell them Raise your glasses, your glasses, your glasses to the sky This is the 